Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code SUMMER. With Joe Biden leading in the polls and rumours of number 10 scrambling to build bridges with his campaign, what would a Biden presidency mean for the special relationship? Well, we know he's not a fan of Brexit. Had I been a British citizen, I would have voted against leaving. US interests are diminished with Great Britain, not an integral part of Europe. The Democratic candidate who's always keen to play up his Irish heritage, has sided with Dublin rather than London in the Brexit stalemate. So could a Biden presidency herald the start of a very different transatlantic special relationship? Ask any Irish politician, and they would prefer to see the Democrats back there. Back in Westminster, as Number 10 pivots between presidential camps, is Donald Trump viewed as a better prospect? For all that... Trump describes himself as Mr. Brexit. We haven't seen the fruits of that distinction. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the US election, Brexit, Ireland and the special relationship. The so-called special relationship between Britain and America is often talked about. But after next week's presidential election, will America be focusing on our neighbours instead? After all, the United States and Ireland share a long and colourful history. I think it was actually my first St. Patrick's Day parade in New York when I suddenly realised, huh, this is odd. The whole of Manhattan turned green and everyone was sort of puking up Guinness in the gutters. And I thought... Wow, I'm suddenly in Dublin. That's Josh Glancy, the Washington bureau chief for the Sunday Times. He's telling me about the first time he experienced the deep cultural ties between the US and Ireland at the 2017 St. Patrick's Day Parade in New York. 
It's such a heavy form of identity, the Irish sort of diasporic identity, and it's one of the founding myths of America. And so even if people are six, seven generations down from it, and maybe even only a quarter or a half Irish-American, they still carry it with them. And so I don't know that it dictates people's everyday thinking or actions or votes or whatever, but it speaks to a certain kind of emotional valence, if you like. You don't have these kind of Irish immigrant blocks in America anymore. Those days are very much past, but the identity endures anyway. There are 33 million Americans, that's around 10% of the total population, who identify as being Irish-American. It's a huge number, particularly when you realise the entire population of the Republic of Ireland is just under 5 million. As a community, they've always loomed large on the political scene in America, particularly within the Democratic Party. The relationship between the Irish-American community and the Democratic Party is one of the oldest in American political life, and it goes back to Tammany Hall, the legendary New York Democratic machine that was famously corrupt. Founded in 1786 in New York, Tammany Hall became an Irish-American powerhouse. It was the main political machine for the Democratic Party and it controlled politics in New York, rounding up votes and creating generations of political leaders. The very first Catholic to run for president was an Irishman and a proud Tammany Hall veteran. Al Smith was governor of New York when he ran in 1928 he didn't make it to the White House, but he created a path that others soon followed. Al Smith, the first Catholic to run for president, who still has a big dinner in his honour in New York every year. The Kennedy clan, of course. It's a very old relationship. I'm from a town called Bandon in West Cork. It's about 18 miles from Cork City, which is the second city in the Republic of Ireland. Meet Justine McCarthy. She's a senior writer at the Sunday Times, and these days she lives in Dublin. When the parcel arrived from America, this was a very common thing in Irish families. She's telling me about her childhood in the 1970s, when parcels from relatives in America were a regular feature of life. Everyone received packages containing clothes and money. Irish Americans would demonstrate their success by sending gifts back to the old country. The one and only parcel I remember coming from America was from a cousin of ours who had emigrated and she sent back a magnificent sort of boiled wool white polo neck jumper to my mother and we four daughters got knitted zip-up white cardigans with red monkeys emblazoned on them. You don't forget an outfit like that? No, you don't. And you don't forget having to wear it in public either. <laughs> but I do remember nearly every house in Ireland in those days when you walked in had three essential symbols, either in the sitting room or in the hall. And they would have been a photograph of the Pope, a candle lighting in front of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and a photograph of John F. Kennedy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This would have been going back to the 1950s when there was huge emigration from Ireland to America at that time. Ireland really was in the depths of economic recession and it was a very insular country. It looked west to America rather than east to Europe. The politics of America, particularly the Irish connection to the Democratic Party that Josh mentioned, 
lit up life in Ireland too. In 1963, when Justine was a small child, President Kennedy made a state visit as the first Irish-American Catholic president. I wonder if you could uh, perhaps uh, let me know how many of you here have a uh, relative in America who you'd admit to, if you'd hold up your hand. He was welcomed home like the prodigal son. He looked beautiful. He was handsome, tanned with perfectly regular white teeth, something that not many Irish men had at that time. It was a massive event in Ireland, and he made a very powerful address to the House of Parliament, the Oireachtas in Dublin. I can say to you that I have seen in this country so many tokens of good wishes of the Irish people towards America. That visit was a monumental occasion for Justine and the McCarthy family. My father actually met him because my father was a, a local councillor in Cork and there was a civic reception for JFK in Cork. My dad died about a year after Kennedy was assassinated. My mother used to tell us, we her four daughters, when we were growing up about how our father had met him and when he came home that night from the reception had told my mother he was never going to wash his hand again having uh, shaken hands with John F. Kennedy. <laughs> I assume he did. I hope he did. <laughs> the Democratic Party's links to the Irish-American community have remained close, although the relationship has frayed at times. As Josh Glancy explains. There is a kind of rise of the alt-Irish, people like Steve Bannon and Kellyanne Conway, and, and some Irish have become more conservative over time and have moved over to the Republican Party. Nonetheless, there is a very strong Irish contingent within democratic politics, some quite powerful congressmen. And of course, Joe Biden, who is his great-grandson of a fiddler from the Cooley Mountains, in fact, and, and just adores his Irish heritage. He's a very emotional, nostalgic man. I want to thank you from the bottom of my Irish heart for this great honor. Like so many of you, I'm a proud descendant of Irish immigrants. And it's no exaggeration to say that the values I was taught at my grandfather Finnegan's kitchen table and by my Irish kin, they've literally shaped my entire life. Growing up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, I was raised on that Irish history, which at its core is all about a demand that every man and woman be treated with dignity. We Irish had more than our share of tribulations. We've been subjugated to, uh, uh, to a number of indignities and few other people have uh, gone through the same thing. Joe Biden would be the second Irish Catholic president if he is elected. Ireland has always been a little bit more democratic than Republican. Irish politicians would have a better relationship with American Democrats. And I think that very much comes from the Kennedy legacy as well. Relations between Ireland and the American Democratic Party reached their zenith in 1998 with the signing of the Good Friday Agreement under the watchful eye of President Bill Clinton. And when people saw Donald Trump having rallies in the 2016 presidential election and mobs chanting, lock her up about Hillary Clinton, that, for instance, didn't go down well here because Hillary Clinton had visited Ireland on a number of occasions with her husband when he was president and afterwards. There was a huge gratitude to them as a couple 
for what they did in this country when Bill Clinton became very much involved in the peace process. After a 30-year winter of sectarian violence, Northern Ireland today has the promise of a springtime of peace. The agreement that has emerged from the Northern Ireland peace talks opens the way for the people there to build a society based on enduring peace, justice. Bill Clinton and the Democratic Party sort of oversaw Good Friday and they take enormous pride in it. And obviously they have a lot of Irish American members and politicians who are particularly attached to, the, to peace in Northern Ireland. For the Democratic Party, the Good Friday Agreement became a talisman. Bill Clinton describes it as his greatest foreign policy achievement. And now, it's under threat. We are working hard to resolve any outstanding issues through the Joint Committee and will continue to approach those discussions in good faith. But we are taking limited and reasonable steps to create a safety net. The government in Westminster has failed to allay fears that Brexit could lead to a hard border between Northern Ireland and the Republic. And Joe Biden has weighed in. He prides himself on being an Irish-American, and that's why he waded in yesterday with not so much a tweet as an ultimatum. Listen to his language when he said any trade deal between the US and the Just last month, Joe Biden tweeted that there would be no trade agreement between the UK and the US if the Good Friday Agreement was broken and a hard border was imposed. You're proposing if you undermine in any way the Good Friday Agreement, then you can kiss goodbye to your US-UK trade deal. When Dominic Raab, the Foreign Secretary, visited Washington, he had quite good meetings behind closed doors with Nancy Pelosi and Democratic leaders. She's the Speaker of the House of Representatives. But both Pelosi and Biden tweeted saying that Britain can't imperil Good Friday or they won't have any chance of getting a trade deal with America post-Brexit. And the Biden tweet particularly set a bomb off in Downing Street. People were livid and really taken aback by really? it. Yes. The shockwaves are still somewhat sort of running through Downing Street. They, they really weren't expecting that to have the sort of man on the verge of the presidency tweeting stuff about Britain while you've got the Foreign Secretary visiting. Uh, it was seen as a real diplomatic punch in the face. Given, given that sort of slightly unusual intervention, what do we expect a Biden presidency would mean for, for Britain? Well, it's a very good question. I think the answer is mixed. It will slightly depend on, on what happens. So the, the Democrats are very, very keen for there to be a, a quick and effective deal between Britain and the EU. And if Britain can strike a deal with the EU and just get Brexit done then they can see it as a fait accompli, we can put it behind us and work out a new way to be a triangle, the UK, the EU, the US, and work together on lots of things. If Brexit rolls on all the way into 2021, if we have a hard border in Ireland, if we have rows over fish with the French, if we continue to see as a purveyor of uh, geopolitical headaches, then the Democrats are going to wash their hands with us to some extent because they can work with Brussels and Berlin and they're going to say, you know what, Britain... You had your chance, you blew it. Beyond that, there are very, very deep trade, military, defence, intelligence connections between America and, and Britain, which aren't going to go anywhere. There's a kind of deep state, if you like, that is very closely intertwined. And the Democrats know that, and they're not stupid. And they know that they don't like Boris Johnson. They see him as a bit of a facsimile of Trump, both aesthetically and uh, temperamentally. They also know that whoever the British PM is has to suck up to the president, and that's just how it goes. 
And I think... God, how depressing. Well, it's, you know, that's just the way of the world. And I think Biden and Boris will probably get on quite well personally. They're both quite affable people. And, and Biden, if he's flattered and joked, kidded around with, he'll, they'll get on fine. But some of that negativity does run deep, doesn't it? It goes back to the Obama days. Maybe some point down the line, there might be a, a UK-US trade agreement, but it's not going to happen anytime soon because our focus is in negotiating with a big bloc, the European Union, to get a trade agreement done. And UK is going to be in the back of the queue. Among some Biden world, as they call it, officials, there is some real resentment towards Johnson. Attack he made on Obama back in 2016 when he he was responding to Obama's anti-Brexit intervention and he he referenced uh, Obama's Kenyan heritage. Boris Johnson, who was the mayor of London at the time, wrote a stinging article in The Sun in 2016 saying it was downright hypocritical for Barack Obama to intervene ahead of the Brexit referendum. Joe Biden was vice president back then and has always been an Obama loyalist. So you can just imagine the reaction when Boris Johnson's article went on to claim that a bust of Winston Churchill had been removed from the Oval Office because of, and I quote the part Kenyan president's ancestral dislike of the British Empire. And that went down like a cup of cold sick among yeah. the Obama noughts. It was seen as racist, it was seen as rude, and Obama's intervention had been courted by Downing Street, by Barbara Johnson's own party. So it's not like Obama was just randomly sticking his oar in. So there are some people in that administration who will not forgive Boris Johnson for that. I don't think Joe Biden is one of them. And the team around Joe Biden are probably older and a little bit more pragmatic. And if Brexit is still hanging over things, if President Biden becomes a thing, will they pivot more towards Ireland in the debate over borders and whatever kind of a Brexit deal we come up with? Yes, in short. (laughs) If we have a Biden administration and the Democratic Congress, which is perfectly possible, they will back Ireland to the hilt over Good Friday. The Irish Mm. embassy has been very effective in Washington in currying support over this. They're somewhat pushing an open door, as I said, because the Democratic Party is very pro-Irish anyway. They don't like Brexit and they don't like Boris as a Brexiteer. They might not dislike him as a sort of social liberal, but they don't like him as a Brexiteer. So they are going to back Ireland. And that is now, particularly since that Biden tweet that we mentioned, but that was really factored into any calculations around this issue. So a Biden presidency could see a shift in the special relationship. But what would another Trump presidency look like for the UK and Ireland? We'll have more on that in just a moment. But if you're interested in accessing more coverage from Westminster, Dublin or America, you might want to consider subscribing to The Times and The Sunday Times. Don't miss out on our flash sale. Subscribe today and get 50% off for six months. Search for thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How much does the shared history of Ireland and America matter now? I think it was the high point of that very simplistic relationship between Ireland and America, where Ireland saw America as its protector, as the route of escape from this bleak, insular, poor country. Justine McCarthy remembers the romance in the Irish-American relationship during her childhood in the 60s and 70s, but she now believes that's an outdated view. First of all, it's changed because Ireland has changed. Ireland has done an awful lot of growing up in the last 30 or 40 years. It is now a much more culturally and racially mixed country, more outward-looking, wealthier, more liberal in its policies, more secular, more confident. America, on the other hand, and particularly under the presidency of Donald Trump, has gone the other way. It has almost gone back to the way Ireland was, I think, very reactionary, locking its gates to outsiders, racial discrimination, sort of denial about climate change. I think also because the originally the relationship between Ireland and America was based on inequality between the two. America was this big, successful land of golden opportunity whereas Ireland was the complete opposite. And I think that was epitomised when Enda Kenny, who was the Taoiseach in 2017, the Irish Prime Minister, he visited the White House for St. Patrick's Day, the first visit since Mr. Trump became president. This was as the wall was uh, starting to go up in Mexico and Trump had introduced this sort of ban list for Muslim countries. And Enda Kenny made a speech in the White House. It's fitting that we gather here each year to celebrate St. Patrick and his legacy. He too, of course, was an immigrant. And though he is, of course, the patron saint of Ireland for many people around the globe, he's also a symbol of, indeed, the patron of immigrants. And that speech actually seemed to reverse the roles that he was giving the gentle lecture to the most powerful politician in the world and reminding him that the Irish were great immigrants and how the Irish had contributed to America. Many people in Ireland would have very little in common now with Irish Americans who vote for Trump, who would have a very misty-eyed view of this country. They would still see it as the land of leprechauns and and priests (laughs) and, you know, 
the wild Atlantic waves bashing the coast. Ireland isn't like that anymore, and it hasn't been for a long time. This was the first country in the world where, by referendum of the people, the abortion ban was abolished from the constitution. Um, Also by referendum, the constitution now recognises same-sex marriage. Yes, it's had a lot of change. They've they've been huge changes, whereas we see America going back the other way. Do you feel culturally, do you feel closer to Berlin than Boston now? Yes, yeah. And that has been a long-running debate in Ireland. Are we closer to Boston than Berlin? Yeah. Opinion polls now in Ireland consistently show very high levels of support for Ireland's membership of the EU. Joe Biden, who's very publicly said Britain would have no hope of a trade deal if it doesn't respect the Good Friday Agreement, has sort of seeing that political response from Washington, which has been very strong, has that sort of helped to rebuild the relationship with Ireland? Not yet, because there's still the opposition. (laughs) The Democrats are still the opposition in America. I think, ask any Irish politician, and they would prefer to see the Democrats back there for for safety on this island and for the continued borderless Ireland. What about here in the UK? With President Trump being more pro-Brexit and pro-a-trade deal with Britain... Would number 10 prefer another four years of Donald Trump? I asked Josh Glancy. It really depends who you ask in number 10. I think there is a bit of a split. I think broadly, no. Really? Obviously, they appreciate Trump and Johnson have a very good personal relationship. Trump really likes Boris. He sees him as a sort of funny, entertaining, cavalier character that he sort of feels a connection to. Uh. They're saying Britain Trump. They call him Britain Trump. And people are saying that's a good thing, that they like me over there. He calls him Britain Trump. It's what they need. He'll get it done. Boris is good. And Boris is cautious around that. Obviously, he wants to have a good relationship with Trump. But you don't see them pictured a lot together, even before the pandemic. He realises that Trump is very, very unpopular in the UK. So he has to sort of tread carefully. But the truth is, having a good relationship with Trump doesn't necessarily bring you that much. For all that... Obama famously said Britain's going to the back of the queue on Brexit, which is what inspired Johnson's attack on him. And for all that Trump described himself as Mr. Brexit, we haven't seen the fruits of that distinction. The trade deal has been hampered by the pandemic, but but was very slow, frankly. And John Bolton, who I interviewed last week for my piece, who was Trump's national security advisor, who was very pro-Brexit, was very angry with Trump and the administration for not doing more to support Britain with Brexit. They haven't actually shown much interest in it beyond just sloganeering. And so while the Biden administration would give you lots of different headaches, you might be arguing less over chlorinated chicken, although maybe you would still argue over that, more over Ireland and and populism and that sort of thing. But at least they would get down to brass tacks with you and you might get something over the line more effectively with them, even though they're less ideologically aligned. Just looking back now, I mean, what would you say to that little girl in County Cork who received the jumper from America with a monkey on it in terms of what to expect from relationships across the pond? I suppose the first thing I would say is what a pity that John F. Kennedy died so young before he really could make a difference. 
And then I would say how glad I am that Ireland is no longer back where it was, that it has come out of this, you know, that awful bleak time and can stand on its own two feet. And as a small country that wants to be at the centre of the world, and with Ireland about to join the Security Council of the UN in January, Ireland will make its presence felt and will stand up for what's right on the world stage and that we can give some sort of moral lead to a country where morality hasn't been very laudable. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, the Sunday Times Washington Bureau Chief, Josh Glancy, and Justine McCarthy, a senior writer for the Sunday Times in Ireland. You can read more of Josh and Justine's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print on Sundays. The producer today was Will Rowe. The executive producer is Poppy Damon, and sound design was by Carla Patella. Please do leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or on the Times Radio app, along with all the other podcasts from the Times. We'll have more on the American election tomorrow. See you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.